You're listening to the Audacious Church Leadership Podcast. We know this will be an incredible resource for your life. So stay focused, listen up, and thanks for joining us. Sophia Barrett, and welcome to the Audacious Leaders podcast. Let me start this podcast with a frustration of mine. We live in a day and age where we need pins, passcodes, passwords to do anything, to get on your phone, to get on your computer, to get onto apps, to get into your office, to get into the car park, or to even get into your bank accounts. Now, for a person like me who has a pretty bad memory, This can prove to be a nightmare. Take my bank app, for instance. It's all packaged to be user-friendly, but in order to use it, I have to memorize a whole bunch of stuff. I need a pin to get into my app, and that's if it doesn't recognize my face, which happens more often than you would think. If something goes wrong, I have to remember my customer number, which is 10 digits long. Then I have a unique digital number, whatever that's for. But to do anything on my account, I need to know my internet banking password. Then when I'm in my account, having miraculously remembered all of that stuff, I'm hit with memorable questions. These should be renamed forgettable questions because I opened my bank account a long time ago. Now, for example, they'll ask me what my, full, my first school was. Now, I remember what my first school is, but how did I spell it? Did I use caps? Did I use a capital letter and then the rest lowercase? Did I put it all into one word? Who knows? This was like ages ago. And then there's the question, what is my favorite city? Well, I don't remember what I said ages ago. I mean, did I choose the city of my birth? Did I choose the city that I live in? Did I use caps? Did I put a capital letter? Did I just do all lowercase? Did I put it all together? Who knows? And by the time that I've tried every variation, I'm completely frustrated. In fact, one of the questions that I was asked was, what is your favorite meal? Well, this depends. Was it before or after I went gluten-free. And even when I decided on what that meal was, I remember doing spaghetti and actually spelling it wrong. So then for the rest of my existence with this bank account, I had to answer the question remembering that I had misspelt it originally. Now you're saying to me, perhaps, Write these down. You need to have somewhere where you had this written down. But you can't do that because everybody knows that that is a major security fail. Everybody knows that if you write it down, then evil people are waiting within the wings, ready to hack your account and pounce, in my case, on my current balance of 20 pounds that I have in my bank account. I mean, everybody knows that you just don't do that. So there is nothing like the frustration of putting your password in. And for that message to flash up, incorrect password, try again. 
and the agony of trying every variation that you can possibly think of, capitals, no capitals. Then you try it with a number or did you change that number when they asked you to change your password and then what was that to? And then oh, when you've exhausted every possibility and every variation, that ice cold grip of dread closes in around your heart that this might be a password where you had to put a symbol, one of those random symbols and numbers. At that point, I'm ready to throw whatever device I'm on out the window. So I know that everybody's had somewhat of a frustration getting into something that requires a password. Even if it's, you know, that feeling when you were trying to get into your front door and you've forgotten your key and you've got a pin to a brand new bank account and you're at the ATM and you can't remember what it is or you're trying to buy something and you, and you can't remember what that new pin is. Everybody, I'm sure it's not just me, has been in that situation. Let me explain and break this frustration down. Let's use the bank account analogy. You have money in your account. That money is yours. It's been put in a safe place so that you can access it as and when you need it. There is nothing more frustrating than not being able to access what is yours. What good is your money in a bank if you can't access it? Many of us have this frustration when it comes to accessing the truth of God. We know that God's word is true and that it's kept in a safe place for us in the heavenly realms. Sometimes we can fail to access God's forgiveness and we wander around burdened by guilt and shame. Other times we can fail to access his peace and we live our lives tossed around left, right, up and down by the storms of life. It's that frustration that that you feel when we cannot access what God says is ours in him. So let's go back to the password that gives us access to everything that's ours. The password itself is not a magic key. It's merely asking us to agree or confirm what we have already decided is our password or what we've already established in the past when we opened up our bank account. The Bible has a word for this, that password or that passcode that gives you access. And that word is amen. The word amen is found in Isaiah 22, verse 23. It says this, I will drive him like a peg into a firm place and he will become a seat of honor for the house of his father. Now that word firm, as in firm place, is the word amen. It means firm, secure, established, and permanent. It's first used in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, which says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is of your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside. I bet you can guess that this is Abraham. And he said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. 
And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Now that word believed, Abram believed the Lord, is the word amen. So Abraham took what God said and he amended, and it was credited to him as righteousness. I want you to see something very powerful here is that the word, as Abraham amend or believed, he put all of his weight upon what God had said. And as he believed, amend, and relied on everything that God had said, it made it firm, established, and permanent. It made it true, reliable, unchanging, and a transaction was made at that very point. Let's just go over that again. God spoke. His word is true. And then Abraham believed. He amended, And that made it firm, established, and permanent. He was saying yes to everything that God said to him, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Jesus often used the double, amen, amen. Amen, amen, I tell you. And he used this whenever he wanted to firmly establish something that he was about to say about the kingdom of heaven or about faith or about what was going to happen. You can feel the weight of Jesus' words by the fact that he says, not just amen, I tell you, but amen, amen, I tell you. By my own authority, I tell you these words and they are firm and established, reliable, and permanent. Jesus is called the Amen in Revelation. And the last word of Revelation is Amen. This word is a treasure trove of truth in it, but for our purposes today, I want you to get one truth, that Amen is the link between heaven and earth. When you amen God's truth, putting your whole weight on it because it's firm, secure, and true, you are driving the tent peg of your life into its firm, unmovable, reliable, permanent rock. It's that ground that that never changes, that ground that, that holds that tent peg secure. You are taking what is established in heaven and making it secure and firm in solid ground on which you can set the foundations of your very life here on earth. The amen is powerful. You can amen your insecurity. You can amen your inadequacy. You can amen the voice of shame. You can amen your failures and your mistakes. You can amen hurt. You can amen pain. You can even amen the things that people have said to you that have pulled you down, hurt you, made you feel insignificant, incapable. And every time that you put your weight on those things, every time that you amen those things, you are building your foundation into those very things and making them firm and real in your own life. Remember, this is a powerful, a powerful word. It is a powerful act to agree and to bring your trust and and all of your weight and, and to depend 
on the very things that you amen. You may feel that you're justified amening some of these things that I've just mentioned because they're true. But can I just suggest for our purposes today that they may be true, but they're true with a little t. But there is a capital T truth that is above every little t truth. If you know that you have made a little t truth your foundation, that you put all of your identity and self-worth and hope and belief in that thing, then you will be always frustrated knowing that God and all that he has for you is in in an account and you can't access it because you have forgotten the password. Now is the time to use the password of heaven and begin to amen God's truth. How do we do that? Well, let's equate your life with that tent peg. You just have to move where you've established your tent peg. You have to identify, is this what God says? And if it isn't, even if it is one of those little truths, we have to move it to where God says and anchor our lives into his truth. Just like Abraham did, where he believed God. He put all of his weight and he put it into firm soil and established those words, those truths, those promises in his life. And we can do the same. All is not lost. All it takes is just taking your tent peg out of those truths and into God's capital T truth. So this will take three steps. It'll take focus. Firstly, we have to meditate on the sovereignty and the faithfulness of God. That has to be our first layer of our foundation, that he is good, that he is committed to us, that he is committed to his word. That has to be the beginning. Focus on that. The second thing is believe his word. Meditate on it and put your whole weight on it. Whether you see it in the natural or everything else, you know, um, doesn't confirm it or actually wars against it, God's word is always capital T truth and it is always above everything else. So believe his word, meditate on his word. Imagine the the meditation being like a, a hammer on that tent peg, just keep beating it down, keep beating it down, keep beating it down so that when the wind and the waves come and the storms of life come, that thing's not going to move. The third step is repeat the first two steps. Focus on the faithfulness and sovereignty of God and meditate on his word. And in doing that, you will be amening everything that God says and which is bringing everything that he has in your account into your hands, accessing everything that's yours and bringing it so that you can actually use it. We pray, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is taking everything that's in heaven and making it real, established, firm, here on earth. And we do this not just by taking God's word, but also Jesus, taking he who is the truth and staking our lives on him. 
Can I get a amen? So guys, we absolutely love you. We're praying for you. We think you're awesome. Let's have the best month that we can possibly have by amening God's truth. And we'll see you next time.